Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, music journalist Alan Light, and tonight's guest, Keith Urban. Hi, everybody. <laughs> How you doing, Alan? Hello, Keith. <laughs> You're going to take Matt out as an opener? I am. He's fantastic. <laughs> what did, you, did you say no flashing tonight? Ah, <laughs> oh, I take all the fun out of it, man. <laughs> kind of rock show is this? <laughs> so welcome, everybody. Welcome, uh, welcome to New York City. Yeah, thank Keith. you. And congratulations on making it to album release day. Mm -hmm. uh, still, still at this point, got to be kind of exciting. It is. To get to those days. And it yeah. is. And um, I love that we get to do it up here. Yeah. yeah. You've been running all day and all the rest of the week. So. Yeah. So I've got I've to ask. You had, a, uh, you had an interesting couple days last week. You went out and played to a stadium and millions of people opening the NFL season. Mm. And then... <laughs> I guess they watched. Yeah. And then you went down and played to the couple of dozen people that could fit into the honky-tonks in, yes. in Nashville. That was a lot uh, of fun. So, yeah, so what's, so what's more fun uh, between oh, those shows? Tootsie's way more fun. Um, that it was fun. I mean, the, the, the pub crawl in Nashville, as we called it, was, um, was a blast. It was nice to play in those little sweaty clubs again. Mm. And no, uh, no pressure around launching an album with, you know the eyes of the NFL upon you? No, I was glad we got to do that, actually. It was just funny to be playing in Baltimore when the game was in Denver, but hey, it's all good. It's, all, it's the, the national sport. It's all right. yeah. um, so let's talk, have people heard the record? Has everybody gone out today and bought the record? We love the first day, first day sales. Yeah. Um, so everybody, you know, everybody would immediately, even if they haven't listened to the record, just looking at the credits to the record would see that this is a very different it's kind just, of project. Just the one, just the one credit. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. This is a, a very different project. Yeah. Uh, a lot of new sounds, new approaches, new styles. Uh, did you know going in that, uh, that you wanted this to be a different sort of a record for you? Yeah. I think I've had this record in my head for quite a few years. And, um, but I knew it would take um, a lot of trial and error, and I didn't know how long the journey would be to make the record. It could be six months, it could be a couple of years, and it turned out to be the latter, but um, I'm glad we took the time to do it. Mm. So you didn't, you didn't know, you knew it might take that kind of time. You didn't plan. Well, because I'd never worked with any of the people, the majority of them at least anyway. I wanted to start by working with people exclusively I hadn't worked with before. Or I didn't even know them, you know, guys like Butch Walker and uh, Mike Elizondo and, and uh, Stargate. There's so many of them I'd never met before. But um, I had an idea of how to fuse what I was doing with what they did and see what things worked, you know. And um, I don't think I really imagined I would have so many different people actually make, end up landing on the album. I thought I would work with a few and then pick the ones that worked the best and so many of them worked really well that it ended up being a, a much more um, broad and, and evolved album than I, even I had planned. So how did you even start to choose? I mean, you, you know, when we say we're working with 
people outside of what you've usually worked with. You talk about Stargate, who've worked with Rihanna and Beyonce mm. and, and, and Mike Elizondo, who's worked with Eminem and Fiona Apple and all kinds of people. I mean, these aren't a little bit outside your usual circle. These are really looking out into the world. How did you, you know, what, what made you decide which ones you wanted to pursue? Um, it had to be, it was, it was just beat and groove driven. I mean, it really was. I mean, all of the people I reached out to were extraordinary at programming and multi-instrumentalists. They could play everything. They usually write. I mean, it seemed like the common thread started to be uh, producers who played a lot of instruments, could program, could write, and we could basically do almost everything ourselves. In the case of, in the case of Nathan Chapman, uh, Jay Joyce, um, Michael Lizondo, all of them, they all fit that criteria. You, uh, you've said that even the stars fall for you and, the, and, and working with Butch Walker on that was, was sort of a, if not a turning point, at least the jump off the diving board yeah. for this record. Yeah. Uh, tell us about getting, getting that song together. <laughs> Why you went to Butch and, and how that then unfolded. Um, it, was, it was an energy I was trying to bring in to a song like that. Because a song like that we, we would have done on a previous album, but I wanted to find another way to present it and give it a different kind of energy. And so bringing in Butch was um, the way to do it. I wanted to make sure there weren't songs that would normally go with those producers. So it was kind of mixing and matching songs for that producer. And if it was sort of a slightly pop-leaning song, I wouldn't go to a slightly pop-leaning producer, I'd go to a country producer and I'd keep yin and the yang on everything. That was the plan. And when, you, you know, you said that it was Butch's Fallout Boy work that was why you thought of him. It was, yeah, I heard, um, I heard my songs Know What You Did In The Dark and I'd, we'd already written Stars. And so I just imagined that kind of energy in that song and what would happen. And, uh, <laughs> and then where did he go with it? Then, um, well, he, he created a track that I came and had to listen to, and it was, it was, <laughs> it was quite the, quite the full-on track, you know. And, um, and I sort of thought at first, uh, oh, crap, we've gone too far, you know. We've completely lost the plot. Um, but then I thought, well, this is what it's about. It's about going there and then taking my stuff with it. And, you know, again, the fusing thing was really what the title was about. It was finding the place where everything went together well, and never felt, hopefully the, the thing was it never felt forced. It needed to find a natural way to merge and work together, yeah. Well, I'm really, I mean, it's fascinating that when you go, you know, especially this stage in your career, you're coming off an album with, you know, three number one hits. It's not like you need to retrench and, you know, find a different direction just to survive in the game. Well, the expression we had was if it's not broken, break it. <laughs> So you're coming in from there with the idea of trying stuff you haven't, working with people you haven't worked with, haven't met. Right. Um, it takes a, you know, it takes a willingness to A, to screw up, mm -hmm. and then B, to try to sort of pick through that and make sense out of it. Yeah. And as you said, when you don't, if you don't quite know what the target is, how do you know when you're getting near it? Yeah, I think for me it was a feeling. It was just a feeling that... Um, even some of the songs for me at first, once they were completed, even I sat there and sort of went, I'm not sure if this is it. Uh, I think Case in Point is a song called Come Back to Me. And Butch and I created the track, and that's a whole other story about why we created the track we did, the particular sounds that we we're trying to get. And then when it was all said and done, I kind of went, no, that's not it. You know, We're going to have to scrap that. And we push it to the side and we worked on other things, and then I didn't hear the song for about two weeks. 
And then I heard it again after looking through a bunch of songs and it was really fresh. You know, I think a lot of the times as artists, I'm frustrated because I only hear something for what it isn't and I can't hear it for what it is. And that just, I need to get away from it. And I could suddenly hear it for what it is. And in the case of that song, I was really, really happy with it in the end. <laughs> what is it, uh, I mean, what did you find as, just as a songwriter, that having these different, different input, different influences of these collaborators, um, you know, what was it that, that came out of you or, or what things did you think to do or learn to do that aren't the way that you would have approached it before? It's hard to put that into a soundbite kind of short answer. I think um, every one of these co-producers I worked with have a, a different way of, of um, making art and making records. And some of them go about it meticulously, some, some go about it as kind of broad strokes, some go about it by thinking beforehand, some just sort of dive in. And I'm, I kind of do all of that. I mean, I, I've, I make records in all kind of ways and I have songs that I think need to be done very disheveled. And in some ways, I would say that the record was almost, it started to become a reflection of the gigs that I've played over the years. It was almost like a song like Love's Poster Child. It's just, just it's shag pile carpeted, raw, trashy, beer-soaked beer juke joint song. That's what it is. So we just left it really rough. And then another song like Somewhere in My Car is a bit more um, refined and a bit more like the arenas with the big production and everything. So that's that kind of song. And then there's intimate things like uh, like Come Back to Me that are a bit more like the theatres that we played in between. So the songs to me almost uh, feel like the different kind of places that we've played over the years and, and still do. I use my hands a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> it's usually a guitar or something else. <laughs> um, what do you say to people who say, you know, oh, if it's got loops and it's got drum machines and, and it's got this kind of production and this technology, you know, you're, it's not real country. It's not real country music anymore. Well, it's 2014 almost. Yeah. So, you know, everything is relative to the time because when uh, Chet Atkins and, and Owen Bradley put a string section on a country record for the first time, they had the same reaction. And people said, this is not Ernest Tubb. What are you doing? This is blasphemous. Where's the fiddle? Where's the steel? But, you know, they were making records for guys like Jim Reeves and Patsy Cline, and they were purposefully making records that could f work outside the boundaries and find a new audience, because at the end of the day, it's the songs. Do, do the songs connect? And if they do, then let's give the songs a chance to go out and find everybody. I have to ask, uh, I have to ask especially, because my, my wife immediately picked up on this song. So you have to tell me about uh, Cop Car. Did you dress him today, <laughs> by the way? He looks, he looks dapper. <laughs> Did good. Thank you, man. Um, You're red. What, Look that at you. Image, You're uh, <laughs> that, uh, what was, I mean, there's a country song, the image Top of falling, falling in love with a girl while, while she's getting the cuffs put on her. <laughs> um, yeah. Talk about that. Certain people come to mind, right? Um, uh, I, I just love this song. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, it's very hard to find new ways to sort of Love songs, like they've all been done, you know, we've, we've heard them all, but never have I heard a song written from the point of view of a guy who's in the back of a cop car with handcuffs on, watching a girl go completely redneck crazy at the cops, and he's like, I'm getting so turned on right now, you know? <laughs> so I love that song. <laughs> in the background, I'm sure you can hear, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? <laughs> Who can resist? I've just ruined the song now, haven't I? 
You'll never hear it the same way. <laughs> um, tell me about um, your work, how, you know, how the work on, the work on American Idol and the traveling and time between records, um, how all of hearing these other musics and these other performances fed into where this record ended up? Yeah, yeah, it did. It, um, we were, I was shooting Idol, but before that I shot The Voice in Australia the year before, actually. So we were spending a lot of time in Sydney, uh, and then we went back home to Nashville, and then the, the Idol gig started, so we went out to LA. So then Nick started shooting films in Europe, a couple of films. So we spent time in Belgium, Scotland, um, England, and, uh, and south of France. And so everywhere we were, I found myself hearing different music in the car, you know, different songs on the radio, and I used my Shazam app um, constantly to find, you know, what is this song? Sometimes it was just the beat of it I liked, and it would be in French or something, so it would be someone I don't know, but I would tag all these songs and end up with this crazy long playlist. Um, and from there, I had places to draw from when we got into the studio and we're trying to think how to do certain songs, I'd be like, oh, check out this bit from here, and we'd be lifting things from all over the place. It was really fun. So how do you, you know, you're, you're pulling all these bits of sounds and ideas together, mm. you're working with all these different people. Um, how do you keep any sense of co cohesion in an album? I mean, to the extent that, you know, in a post iTunes age, here we are in the Apple Store, yeah. people are thinking in terms of albums. <laughs> Um, what made these fit together, and was there were there songs that were, you know, that were that were great, but that fell outside of where you wanted this record to land? How do you how do you string all that up? I had a lot of faith in the spirit that was in every song and in every recording, you know, because I felt very clear and very awake in in all of these different studios with all these different producers, different engineers. I felt very present and very clear about what I was doing. And I started to feel like that's the thing that's going to be there in every song. It'll just, it really will. It will flow from the top all the way through the album. And um, I feel like it's very strongly there in every song. And it's, you've said, it's rhythm it, and it's groove that this is really, that's what's driving yeah. where this song is going. Yeah, also, it's yeah, all, yeah. These, all these car, red Camaro, yes. cop car, <laughs> somewhere in my car, right. uh, lots, of, lots of automobiles running through this yeah. record key. It's all energy, it's all motion. I mean, all, en all music is energy. That's what it is, even really, really slow songs. It's the energy that pulls you in, pulls me in. And if, if the energy's not there, I don't get pulled in. Doesn't matter what's being said. Doesn't matter how pretty the melody is. And I think when that energy's there, it defies everything. It defies the quality of the, of the sound recording and all that, it doesn't matter. You know, it's funny, people, we, we talk so much about the quality, MP3 versus analog versus this versus digital, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is, man, when you can hear a song on the, on the crappiest broken car stereo, when the station is not even on right, and you go, oh man, I love this song. So it's apparently not the sound. There's something else going on. It's, it's the spirit and the energy of the song that grabs you. Mm. This record sounds better than crappy, I hope, anyway. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> that's not then the excuse to <laughs> prefacing the record right now. Well, but the you know the Motown they used to mix the records for AM radio yeah. cars with one speaker. Totally, like that's how people will hear it. That's where it's got to sound right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Um, tell me when I 
talked to you recently. I really I loved this story about recording uh, Shame with Stargate, um, and you know where you where you thought the sound of that song was going to go, and and where they ended up directing you. We did it here. I flew up to New York, and we cut it up here. And um, they have a studio in Chelsea. So I went to Chelsea, and they'd already made the bulk of the track. And I brought up my six-string banjo and my guitar. And I thought, this might be the first time a banjo's ever been walked into a Stargate session. And um, it was. And I knew that by the look on their faces when I opened the case. You know, like, what the hell is that? Um, but uh, it was it was it, it the thing it was what it was about. It was about trying to fuse these things together and not not in a uh, forced fashion, but in a way in which hopefully they they just made something different. You know. Mm. Well, I don't want to tell your take tell your story, but I I love that you said, you know, you finished your vocal and said, I'm going to go put some harmonies on. Yeah, on shame. Yeah, I sang the song and. Um, Normally, you go, normally I go in and we do a harmony or you do some kind of backing vocals or something, you know, lift the chorus, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I said, I'll, I'll go in and sing some harmonies. And um, Tor, who's one half of Stargate, he's like, no, 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 no. No harmonies, no, no backing vocals. One voice, beginning to end, storytelling, true, honest, one, one voice. I thought that was extraordinary. It was, it was the perfect song to do that. But especially from them, I mean, you think this is, you're going to them for the you know, state of the art, super producers, you know, international dance, whatever. And his answer was, no, that's not what this song's about. Yeah, because at that, that, the thing that they're, first and foremost, they're songwriters. They're great world-class songwriters who happen to make world-class records. But it's the song, they get it. It's about the song, first and foremost. Mm. Do one more question and then we're going to go to you guys. So get ready with questions and ready with microphones. Um, but I do want to ask, you know, this is a, it's a lot of love songs on this record. And this record and, and the last couple have been, you know, very much about this phase of your life. Um, a lot of artists think, oh, you need the pain, you need the heartbreak, you need to make it difficult to be able to There's plenty create, of those on the record too. To though. create the art. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is it a challenge, especially making, you know, country music, um, when you're at a more settled place in your own life and are, and are drawing on different things? No, not at all. I mean, you know, uh, all facets of my life and all the chapters so far feel very, very close, don't they, for you guys, right? A heartbreak you had, like, maybe 20 years ago it still feels pretty damn fresh. Um, <laughs> And so it's very easy for me to draw on those places. And um, in the case of Somewhere in My Car or any of these songs that are definitely not uh, about being in love, <laughs> you know, quite the opposite. All right, we're going to go to questions. Hey, let me say before we go to questions, uh, which I was going to say at the top, congratulations on the CMA nominations Thank this you. morning also. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Like this, you know, same day you're moving forward, you're getting honored from back it's all yeah, it's all happening very appreciative yeah, all right hi keith um, hi um what's yeah, your name my name's Anne mary um i'm the aussie you met this morning nice to see you again was, yeah be following you around all day not a stalker where um, <laughs> you have to define that surrounded by the accent 
<laughs> where in, where in Australia are you from? I'm actually from Sydney. Sydney, okay. The best part, anyway. Um, so I just want to say I really loved your performance with Stephen Tyler, the impromptu performance it, at Tootsie's on Friday. I thought it was incredible. Thank you. Hilarious. <laughs> um, I just want to ask you who your favourite impromptu guest performer in, in the past has been. Stephen Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's a big long list of impromptu people. I mean, that was a crazy moment because he, it like, it's, it wasn't planned at all. I mean, I'm not that clever. I mean, uh, we, we, we planned on doing the three clubs back to back. And um, for those who don't know, we, we played these three clubs in Nashville uh, by walking in and playing 20 minutes and then walking off the stage, walking to the next club further down the block getting up and playing another 20 minutes and doing that three times. And um, it was a blast. And the second gig we went to, which is a place called Tootsie's, we were about to start singing and some guy goes, I think that's Steven Tyler over in the corner. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. Just hanging at Tootsie's on a Friday night. Where know? else would he be? Right. And it was, it was, it was Steven. So we played a couple of songs and then I thought, what do you play, right? To get him up to sing. And I thought, don't play an Aerosmith song. That would be too obvious, you know? So I, I started riffing on a ZZ Top groove, and Stephen got up and started singing a Z, uh, uh, an Aerosmith song on oh, top of the ZZ Top groove. So, suckered him just the right way. <laughs> but other than the impromptu, I mean, you've worked with so many different people across such a wide, you know, who who do you think of as favorite collaborations uh, moments over the years? Oh, too many. I've had too many. I mean, even starting from uh, having John Fogarty and I do the first uh, one of the early Crossroads that we did for CMT, um, and from there, all of them, John Mayer, we've got to work with a couple of times, Alicia Keys, of course, and sitting in with the Stones. I mean, it's been, it's been a crazy year already. <laughs> and that's just, that's just the last year. Yeah. Oh, that side. That's all right. How Hi. are you? <laughs> Congratulations on your success. I, it's commended. You've done an awesome job, and I've followed you. you over the years, and I just think it's wonderful. And Thank Dan Huff is genius when you work with them. But I have a question for you. When you collaborate with other songwriters, how does that evolve? Do you guys go in and you sit with a topic? Or do you just play riffs on a guitar? How does it's always, I it's always songwrite with other people and it's a little difficult. Um, it's always different. And um, I'm on the majority, the large majority of times that I do that, it's just riffing, you know, in the case. And most of the guys I write with, uh, you know, will start with a groove. You know, that's why this record is so groove-oriented. I mean, a song like Good Thing or Red Camaro or Summer in My Car, they're all very beat or groove-oriented. And um, I just, I think because I play guitar, I like having a groove to play with. And then usually a riff will come and then a melody will come and it's usually gibberish, gibberish lyric, you know what I mean? And um, that's the fun bit when it's just kind of, it, the shapes are starting to happen and all that sort of thing. I'm not one of those guys that usually start from a title, but again, there's, you know, there's no, no wrong way to do it. It just kind of comes any way. Hopefully it comes. Which song would you said? One, song, one of these songs on the records, you showed up for a session with nothing until you, the song you heard like driving into the driveway or something, right? Oh, um, no, that was, a, well, I guess that bit, song that became um, uh, somewhere in my car was uh, yeah, I didn't have any idea of what we would do, but I had just heard a song which we used as inspiration. <laughs> Shall we say? <laughs> it's an homage, man. I didn't steal it. It's an homage. 
Hi. Hi, baby. What's your name? Lauren. What's your name? Lauren. Lauren, and where are you from? I'm from Westchester, New York. Right on. And how old are you? I'm 10 years old. 10. And do you sing? Play anything? Yeah. What do you What do you do? I sing. Do you? Yeah. What songs do you like? I don't know. <laughs> What's your, do you have a favorite song right now? Um, somewhere in my car. Oh, good answer. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. You have a question, baby? Yeah. Why did you choose Miranda Lambert to do the Because you weren't available, baby. <laughs> I just love Miranda's voice. And um, we used to play some shows. Uh, we, she actually opened for us many, many years ago when she was getting started. She would open for us. And I would always get her up to sing a song with me at the end of the night. And I always loved the way our voices sounded together. So I guess in the back of my mind, I hoped that one day we'd find a song that we could do. And the song came along, and I sent it to her, and she said yes. Thank you. There you go. Nice to meet you, baby. I like your kicks. <laughs> Hi. Hi. What's your name? Brian. Brian. Are you, are you related? Yes. Yes? Yeah. You're her dad? No. God. <laughs> You're God. That's awesome. Ask your question. <laughs> Do you have a question, Brian? Um, my question is, um, what is your favorite song to sing to your kids? Uh, <laughs> you guys wow. sound like an Oprah Winfrey audience right now. <laughs> um, well, there's a, there's a there's a animated like a claymation show called Shaun the Sheep, and my daughters love that show, and so I had to learn the theme song. <laughs> to Shaun the Sheep. And I play it on piano and they run around the house. And they have me play it again and again and again and again. And I love that song, but just barely. Thank Maybe you for your question, Brian. Play it, play it with the band when they come out. Oh yeah, that's what we'll do. <laughs> that would be good. Okay, I have a question for you also about um, the collaboration you did with Eric Church. Uh -huh. um, I really enjoyed that song, and I was listening to it, and it kind of just has this flow where, um, where everything kind of just gels together as not a duet, but almost like with Miranda Lambert, you had a girl sings, a boy sings. I just felt that you and Eric just gelled together like one song, not like a duet. Does Thank that you. make sense? Can you like yeah. collaborate on that? I um, elaborate on the collaborate. Exactly, exactly. I will do it, and I will not exacerbate. Um, or any other rhymes with that. And, um, <laughs> hi, kids. <laughs> and this is how the song, and this is where you begin. This is why Eric and I get along so well, by the way. I just love him. I just love him. I love his artistry. He's the real deal. He makes his own kind of records. He doesn't sound like anyone. He doesn't follow anybody. And um, I love those kind of artists. And so uh, this song wasn't a duet, but um, it, it just struck me as a song that we could do together. And um, I was really glad he wanted to do it. Yeah. Hi, Keith. Um, Hi, baby. Quick question. Growing up in Australia when you were younger, were you there's always... Aussies everywhere. What the no, no, hell's no, going no, on? No, no, no. I'm American. I'm American. Oh, you're American. Yeah, yeah. I wish I was Australian. She's really? Faking yeah. that accent. You're just sitting next to the Australian. Yeah, I know. It She's rubs rubbing off, off on, on you. It is. It is. I could talk to you about Bert Newton. You have no idea. I'm such Where are you an from? Aussie lover. New York. New York. But okay. I've been to Australia six times. I love it. It's the Outback best place ever. You all need to go. 
Um, but my question is, growing up, were you always into country music, or did you listen to more rock, and did you come to country a little later in life? Because um, I'm not sure what would have been the popular genre there. And do you have any, sorry, part two, do you have sorry. any Australian um, bands or singers that you want to collaborate with, like Jimmy Barnes or oh, John wow. Farnham or someone really iconic and <laughs> that everyone would love to hear you sing with? Um, I have collaborated with Jimmy a couple of times. I know Jimmy. He's a great singer. Uh, the first question was about starting in country. Well, I started playing guitar when I was six. And um, my dad really loved American country music. So all of his record collection was American country. Charlie Pride, Johnny Cash, Dom Williams, Glen Campbell, etc. Um, matter of fact, the first concert I saw was Johnny Cash when I was five. My dad took my brother and I to see Johnny Cash. We wore little Western shirts and everything. Like, and uh, it, was, it, had a, it had a big impact on me, you know, at five. Um, and so then they have these country music clubs all around Australia and people just who love country music join the club. And um, some people play, sing or whatever, and other people just love to go and listen. And then we, they do these functions once every two weeks and they throw a band together and people bring a covered dish and it's like, it's really cool community kind of vibe. So I grew up in this kind of subculture of the country music clubs in Australia. And then they all compete against each other and they have festivals and that's the world that I grew up in. All the kids I knew, their parents were members of these clubs and so we were immersed in that music. Um, but when I started playing in the pubs and clubs at 14, um, I was playing everything. I was playing covers like so many people do. So uh, it was just everything. It was country and rock and just pop and whatever's on the radio at the time. And um, over the years, it just continued to um, evolve. My music just, you know, kept evolving. But it was really built on a foundation of country. Yeah. Hi, Keith. My name is Laurie and I'm from New York. Hi, Laurie. And I was wondering, you're driving in your car. You're flipping through stations. Keith Urban's song comes on. Do you crank it up or you turn it off? <laughs> Which song? <laughs> it, uh, it, de it, it depends. Which one? Raining on Sunday. Raining on Sunday. Well, I don't know. Um, I, it's, it, just, it depends. Um, it, it, I have, it depends. I mean, I just have mixed feelings on certain songs and... Uh, yeah, and I can have a different reaction to them on a different day, you know, like, oh, I wish we had done this, or other days I'm like, oh, this is much better than I remember, you know, <laughs> it kind of runs the gamut, but um, I will not sing along with it, that, was, that gets weird. <laughs> Imagine pulling up to me and I'm singing next to my song. <laughs> that would be crazy. All right, everybody, you've been fantastic. Well, thank you, Alan. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you.